then when we when we're at the door the security is like um people like you can't enter here and in my mind i'm like people like me hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of the we move experience podcast I'm your host, Dumelo Biani, and today on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Nabisam Tembeka, a social work student at the University of KZN, motivational speaker, and someone who's been living as an MPT for the past 12 years. On the show today, she talks to us, among many things, about how she regained her confidence and the will to use her story to inspire others. I hope you'll enjoy the story and find a few gems to take home with. Today on the show, we have Unabi Samtambeka, uh, hailing all the way from Matatiela, but uh, I-, I let her introduce herself the right way. Welcome, uh, Unabi Samtambeka, how are you? I'm good, thanks, and how are you? I'm well, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, um, before we start through, as I say, uh, on this uh, show, I let my my guests introduce themselves so that the people have a better um, idea of who they are. Okay, thank you. Um, Unwavisa is a child of God. Um, she's she was made out of love, I believe. Um, she's from Matatiela in the Eastern Cape. She's 25 years old and she's studying towards her degree at UKZN in Durban. Yeah, so, um, yeah, um, the reason I have you here is because right about 12 years ago, um, a big moment in, in your life happened and it really changed your life for the rest and for the good as well because I know you as the person you are today because of how uh, you flourished since then. So can you tell us a little bit of um, the incident that took place um, 12, almost 12 years ago that uh, led you to having your leg amputated? So on the 4th of December, 2007, we went to my father's home where he, where he grew up and it was raining. And I was a child at that time, I was 11 years old. So we were playing, my cousins and my siblings, and I slipped and I fell. And then it led to me, um, like my leg got broken in two places. And at that time, my mom didn't have a medical aid. So I was taken to a local hospital in my Emmatatel called Taylor Bequest. They then transferred me to Emtata. Then Emtata is still a a public hospital. They they didn't take me to theater or anything, but they took that white thing, a cast, they put a cast on my leg without straightening the bones. Um, so when it was time to take off the cast, my leg was colorful with a, a purplish and green color. And it was painful also. And then my mom saw it fit to go to, she should get a medical aid. Then she took me to Coxstead Private Hospital. Then the doctors, like when they saw the leg, they were shocked because it's something new. It's something they didn't know. They didn't know what was happening. They then transferred me to Pretoria. Then um, at that time, at that time, I hadn't went to school from 
2008, the whole year, I hadn't mm -hmm. attended school. And then 2009, of course, I went to school. And my mom, my, when the doctors told my mom that I need to get amputated, they then went to school to discuss with the teachers that I'll be out of school again. So my mom and I took a bus to Pretoria. Yeah, I, it was, in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting amputated, but it will grow back because I didn't know anything about being an amputee or, yeah, I didn't know anything because I was, I was still a child. I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So we went to Pretoria. We didn't get any counseling before and after. It was a fast procedure, just like, oh, you're getting amputated, no counseling. So I was amputated on the 26th of May, 2009, at 8 o'clock in the morning. But my surgery took a lot of time, I think, because it was complicated since the leg was purple and green. So I got out of there at 10 at night, from 8 in the morning to 10 at night. And my mom was waiting by the door. I mentioned my mom a lot because my dad was left home with my siblings. Um, was my mom was there by the door. Then um, I came out of surgery. The doctors told her, oh, she lost a lot of blood. We need um, people that are going to donate blood. Then I was taken to ICU. I think I, I was in ICU for like three to four days. And my, my, all my mom was telling me after I woke up that she was praying. She was praying for me to wake up. She was praying for me to get well. I then woke up because in my mind, I'm like, oh, yesterday I got, like the days before I got amputated. So it's going to grow back, obviously. Yeah. So I then got out of bed and I fell. So the operation opened. I had to be rushed again to theater. Um, it was a painful experience, man. It was, it was daunting. It was, yeah, it was a painful, painful experience because I remember when I used to cry because of the pain, my mom would lose her breath, not knowing how to breathe. And I would take out my, my, my oxygen and hand it to her, you know? So it was a very, 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 very painful experience. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned how you were not really prepared for, for what's going to happen and how much of a change it will bring to your life uh, to yeah. the fact that you went in and still came out um, thinking that your leg will grow back, which is very expected from, from, um, from someone who is that, that young at that age. And yeah. also, um, I mean, it must have been also really traumatizing to realize um, at some point that okay this is not gonna uh, grow back and and that um and now you have to live with a different uh setting altogether that you do not have the leg and you will have to um either have to use the the the, the assistance from from being amputated like the other leg and um what i wanted to to ask is after the procedure and healing um when um when you had to go back to school how was the experience now with um with kids having to see you differently, how how was the experience going back to school? Um, well, I've always loved school, ne? so for me, I was excited. I'm going back to school, not knowing at the back of my mind which it was gonna be a hard experience because I remember 
when I came out of the of the car, like of the car, and went in in school, like it's like everyone is turning their back and looking at you. It's like you're the center of attention, and I quickly ran and, and hid myself in the classrooms. Teachers were very supportive because um, my parents sat with them and they explained um, what I what what I was going through at that time, but. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel like I fit I fit in I didn't feel like I would sit in class and be like when is school ending because I want to go home I, I didn't go out um, in break times I didn't go out to play with other kids I would sit in class when there's assembly I would sit in class so it was it was a tough experience and forty because I'm in grade six now because I didn't go to, to, to school for a year. I'm in grade mm. six and my friends are in another grade, which is grade seven. So you need to make new friends and 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 you need to now explain what, what happened. Um, and this leg 40 is very heavy because it has metal on it. So it's very heavy. It's very difficult to move. You just go to the bathroom, you come back in class. I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna, be outside let me just say that say that i didn't want to be outside at all mm. it was a very tough experience to be honest yeah and um during the very same time how was then the the, the support from your family like were they um aware of how they have to maybe help you or how they can help you during this time and also to to be able to to kind of like readjust into um, the society or also the your role in the family as a young girl who probably um, had different uh, responsibilities before the, the incident happened um what I can say is my my parents are very supportive human beings they're so supportive um my mom takes pride in knowing everything about a, a, a disability so I think she she then researched and then engaged with my father on how to support me. My siblings, it was quite it was quite a daunting time for me because I remember before the amputation, I told them, "Oh, guys, I'm going to be amputated," and they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, "My leg will be gone," and they didn't take it seriously. They thought I'm joking. So when I came back. My brother was still young at that time, so he didn't understand. But when I came back, my sister couldn't take it. She mm. couldn't take it. She was just crying and crying. And my mother explained, no, she's going to be fine. She couldn't take it at all. She she couldn't take it. But the support has been amazing. They 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 there for me. They they, they knew what to do when, when I need something. And to, to, to say something, my mom said to me said to me once you may be physically challenged but when you're a girl you do what my other sister does like i cook i clean mm-hmm. i i used to say oh mom i'm tired i can't stand long and cook and she was like you will cook because <laughs> you're a girl and i don't want you feeling pity for yourself you know yeah so the the the, the, the support is amazing it's very, it's very, 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 very amazing. And I, I appreciate them for that. Yeah, I think um, 
how your mom treated you and made sure that you 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 feel like um nothing has changed in terms of what expectations and, and responsibilities at home and making sure that you don't have a, a moment where you feel like you're not considered one of the kids at this house everything yeah. is either done for you they don't even ask for things that you are actually able to do by yourself so that was a really really good move from your mom considering that um yes at times maybe you didn't want to do the task but in the long run probably helped you to be yeah. able to be able uh, to stand on your, on your own and um i mean at that time were you receiving because you mentioned that before the the um the procedure itself you didn't receive any counseling at at thereafter did you receive any or were you still really by you and your family trying to figure out how to adjust to it um my mother would um would um suggest would Marisa, i think you should go for counseling but at that time to be quite honest i didn't think it was necessary i didn't think i'm ready to speak to a stranger who's gonna ask me how are you feeling you know i, I preferred speaking to my mother I preferred speaking to my sister about my feelings. So, but after time went on, 2018, when I joined another school, I then um, considered getting a psychologist. Wow. I mean, it's always it's always good because maybe you yourself had now understood your um um your your new setting and how it is to then be an MPT, but um probably the the psych like the counseling sessions probably helped you to realize how do i interact with people how do i let them know that okay this i can do myself this can i get help and so forth so um yeah you just made mention now that um you at some point you had to move to a different school which is um uh, open air uh, special school how did that come about? And was there a problem at your old school that you you then had to realize, okay, I have to move, or was it just something that came about? Um, it was, for me, to be quite honest, I didn't see the need to move, but because of being depressed, I had to move. So I had to, I had to move to a new school, which is St. Monica's um, in Matagel, and I was doing grade 10 there. So moving there was quite, um, when it, it was December and going to January and I was like, is it a good idea to go to St. Monica's because they don't know me there and they're gonna start asking questions and we were scared there. And when I got there, some of the, ch some of the children, I wouldn't say children, but other learners or, stu or students, were supportive, but some would talk behind my back and say she has a dolly leg. Some, when I fell, they would laugh. Some would talk be, like, behind me. Um, and it was, a, it was a time whereby you knew at school, you can't just say, oh, you're talking about me, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, it led to a depression, I remember we were in an African class and I was with this friend of mine. I told her, I'm losing my breath now, I'm losing my breath. Then I fainted. And when they called my dad and he took me to the doctor and the doctor was like, this is depression. Mm. This is depression. He's not coping at school. And I told my mom in May that I don't wanna go back to that school. 
because I used to lie and say, oh, my leg is, is painful just because I didn't want to go to school. And when my mom would go to work, I'd be a normal person. And when she comes back, okay, I'm taking you to the doctor. I'm like, nah, I'm better. Just to avoid going to that, that environment. So I was hospitalized. I saw a psychologist and I told my mom, I'm no more going to St. Monica's. And I stayed at home May, June, July, August. Then in September, she Googled special school and she saw open air special school in Durban. Then she, she made an appointment for us to be interviewed. We then went to open air school and the psychologist there was like, why are you coming to this school? Because your grades are, 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 are marvelous. Your grades are, are, you're doing very well. And I'm like, I might be doing very well, but I'm not coping at all in that school. So open air is home. I felt, I felt, I felt at home. It's away, it's four hours, like Durban is four hours away from Matatela, but I felt at home in open air. I got to engage with other kids that have similar and some they don't have similar um, cases like mine, but I felt at home. Man, when I when I I used to hide myself. I used to wear pants that will hide uh, my legs, and I used to wear tickets. I didn't wear any sandal. I didn't wear any skirt or or any shorts. But when I went to open air in September, by the end of November, I, I started wearing shorts. I started <laughs> wearing skirts. I would buy dresses. I was happening. Open air. If I could define open air in one word, or open air is home. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think at that point you then realized you are in a in a in a in a situation where you are not the other, and and there's res- mutual respect amongst learners because uh, your previous school you mentioned the kids were themselves not understanding of the situation and probably not really uh, that educated about it, and then you uh, you changed to a place where. Um, no one would then laugh at you because of your situation and you got comfortable. I mean, I can imagine how how um, how bad it is where you feel like you have to always hide your leg. And and I mean, did did this also transfer to when you back home or were you only like this when you had um, when you at the school? Like when you're at home, were you now more open after changing schools or that took a while? It was open, to be quite honest, because even when we went to church before going to open it, I used to wear those long skirts. But now I started show, showing my leg at church, and I felt beautiful, man. Like, I, yeah, when I went to open it, everything changed, like, for the best, though. It changed for the best. Um, yeah. It, 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 it made me appreciate myself even more. I started buying um, short skirts, shorts, and my mother was very impressed. She was, she was very proud of, of, of the person I'm becoming, yeah. Yeah, I mean, pe- people might not get the context of why uh, shorts and short skirts are important, but I mean, this school is in Durban. Durban is always warm. I, can't yeah. imagine if someone always has to to wear long pants and hide themselves. And the fact that you you were you were in Durban and started to really embrace dressing the Durban way, so to say, that suits the weather and everything. You must have felt a little bit of self confidence coming back and and knowing that okay, this was the right move as well. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and I mean, um, uh, in preparing for this show, I had to, to inform myself a little bit, and I found out that on the 3rd of uh, December is uh, International Day of People with uh, Disabilities. I mean, um, for one, one, I also don't know, actually don't remember really hearing uh, about the day and how it's celebrated and what it actually means to people with disabilities and their families. And I would like to know whether uh, this day is of importance to you and um, how you, you celebrate it as well. Um, to be quite honest with you, before going to an, in, an event in 2018, I didn't know that people with disabilities were celebrated. Um, I didn't know that they mattered. But um, that day means a lot to me. It means we recognize those people as well. You're not, um, you're not um, specialized or, 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 or like Magbege Konemi, you know? It's mm. like we, 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 we are also appreciated. We are also seen as people because most of, most of the time, a person with a disability, um, is is categorized as in they think she or he has a mental disorder there are different disabilities just because you have a, dis a physical disability doesn't mean that you have a mental disorder so i was really i was really i was really um surprised Uti, we are celebrated um and, and i wanted i want when I get money and resources, I want to take it back home to 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 to, to host maybe an event which like people should see that people with disabilities also matter. People with disabilities are are are, are they're people. They're people. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 she she or she might have a, a physical challenge, but that does not mean she 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 has a mental disorder because people they make they mistake. Being having a disability with a mental disorder, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to take to to take it home. I mean, sorry, to take it home that one day I should I should teach people, especially at home, how to appreciate and 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 honor people with disabilities because there are also people who are also important like any other person. That is that is true and um. Yeah, my thoughts are everywhere, but you brought it about two or three things that I wanted to 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 go deeper into. Whereas, like um, uh, the the stigma of uh, relating um, physical disabilities to mental um, illness, which is probably very common. I know it from back home, which yeah. which an abled body person can can have mental illnesses, and the two don't come together or it is one thing and the other and the other thing um the other two last points they, they where you mentioned that you want to take it back home because i think um at, at home coming from the same hometown i don't really remember seeing um um infrastructure that supports people with with disabilities where you could find that important um offices or important um shops are not really able to host people who are maybe on a wheelchair or if then someone who who is uh, an amputee is coming to a shop they're not really prioritized in the right way and what what are your experiences so far there before i move to the next point um to be quite honest with you it was after the amputation uh year 2009 my mom was like let's go out and 
for you to get fresh and see people. So I take my leg, I put it on, I go with her and my sister to town, spa specifically. Then when we when we're at the door, the security is like, um, people like you can't enter here. And in my mind, I'm like, people like me. And my mom is like, what do you mean people like her? She's he's like, um, he, this person is on crutches. How will she be able to enter, um, the shop? You know, yeah. and yeah. I, I really took offense when he said people like me, um. I quickly went to the car and I cried. I remember my sister. My sister defends me in everything. She was telling him off and 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 I wish people at home would cater for people like with disabilities and not because I'm the only one with the disability. There are a lot of people with the disability. I feel like people they should cater for people with disabilities, like in big towns, whereby at the bank, you know, with the disability comes first, then you, not because she or he is special, because they cannot stand long in the line, you know, mm. and at the shopping centers, they should make sure that the shopping center is, is friendly, because sometimes I would go there and like the floor would be slippery because I'm on crutches. Yeah. So I feel like, especially in Matatela, where I come from, they should cater for people with disabilities. And they shouldn't say, they shouldn't like put us in a box whereby people like you. I'm also a human being. Yeah. I'm also a human being. The, 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 it's just that I have special needs. So don't treat me like a person. Don't treat me like I'm not a person. Sorry. But yeah. I feel like um, people are not well-educated about disabilities. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean, something that's also very unfortunate is that um, on top of um, being the person with, um, with, uh, with a disability, you now have to take the burden of being the educator as if there are not enough resources for people to educate mm -hmm. themselves. We live in a world where there's the internet and people still really are not sensitive towards um, people yeah. who are or rather um, are like dis disabled and therefore they then you now have to spend so much of your time having to to teach people how to interact with you and other people where it takes so much energy and effort and it takes away from that's time you could spend enjoying yourself and you're like okay if I have to enjoy myself at a certain spot I'll first have to tell those people what to do how they can help me or what mm. not to do and then you lose so much time. It's really unfortunate that it's now back to you instead of us, the people who are who are um, who are uh, able and have to realize how to how do we uh, come across, how do we reach out to help out? Because it's not a matter of just um, helping, but also finding out what type of help is needed. Because at times you don't need help; you're able to do stuff by yourself. Yeah, uh, that, that is a really fine line, and I feel like it's unfortunate that you uh, you have to now. But I'm also um, glad that you because i don't think it's everyone who wants to do this who wants to educate some people are probably tired and don't want to it's like okay we can't true. change people very true very yeah. true um now i'm i'm helped by my mom who's always um researching who's always uh, watching tv shows like she'll call me no he's like how much this how much this and when i get there it's about people with disabilities so she 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 tries by all means to educate herself 
to educate my dad, to educate my siblings, because she doesn't only call me, she calls the whole family to, 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 to see how people with disability really um, interact with people and live in the outside world. I understand if people who didn't understand disabilities are from the villages where there no electricity, you know, but where I'm coming from, you should know maybe let's say 50%, you know, yeah, I feel like um, my mother has been such an, a blessing to me. Like she, she takes pride in knowing what to do, how to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, um, in, in this quest of yours to, to really um, educate people and make sure that you share the knowledge that you have, um, you are studying towards um, a degree in social work. And my question would be to you whether um, did this come, um, uh, was it always your lifelong dream to become a social worker or was it influenced by uh, the events that happened along the way? Um, to be quite honest, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, but then when I reached grade nine, maths and, and science were not my favorite um, subjects anymore. I then um, said to my mother, I remember, I was like, I want to be a social worker. She's like, oh, okay. Um, me being wanting to be a social worker, I wanted, I want to help people um, 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 find themselves. I want to help people accept themselves, to be able to know how to accept yourself. And in social work, I, I, I chose it mainly because NAMI, I was helped. I was helped by doctors, I was helped by psychologists, I was helped by psychiatrists. So it, it's me wanting to help people um, to overcome their obstacles. Um, and also my sister, Unol Babalo, has this thing of saying, social work, you didn't choose social work, choose, social work chose you. Because I'm all about helping people because this year, when, when this year started, there was a, 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 an issue of ONS passes, so people couldn't really register, you know, and this thing of COVID where you cannot go register in an institution. So I was like, mm, what can I do? Then I, I wrote on my Facebook page that if someone needs help, hit me up I can so that I can see how to help you, you know? That's when my sister was like, social work really chose you because I was like, so if they can't go, they can't go, you know. So I, I, I provided that platform which if someone needs information about institutions, especially my where I'm at at UKZN, I can provide that help. So I'm all about helping people, especially to overcome the obstacles. Yeah, and I mean, um, with the with the example that you mentioned now of um helping people with with information that's something you don't need to finish your qualification to do and you're already practicing yeah. so to say and yeah. and it's really beautiful to see and and i mean it it adds up to the next point which is um you venturing into uh also uh public speak uh motivational speaking sorry uh which which uh, is something that um, I don't know when did it start and how 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 have you been doing it so far? To be quite honest, I'm not um, a person who likes doing public speaking. Even at school when we used to do orals, I used to be nervous as hell. So in 2018, in 2018, 
I saw how I have accepted myself and how I live my life um, fiercely, you know. So, and I was like, I wrote on my page, on my social media pages that I'm looking for a platform where I can motivate people. And I went to this event in Durban and it was about people with disabilities. And when I spoke there, some people, some people, it, my story changed their lives. And it was not something I thought about because I don't like public speaking, but I really wanted my story to, to motivate someone out there to say, you can do it. You, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You might be in the dark, the darkest moment, but know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. So that's how um, public speaking came about. And yeah, I would like to be invited in other um, other public speaking platforms, but people must know that public speaking <laughs> makes me so nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the will to 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 really um, overcome your own fear of public speaking because you realize that your story needs to be heard and and keeping it to yourself would rather not serve the purpose that you, you are living, which is also a, a, in relation to, to, to social work as well, where um, if it might start now with just you sharing your story to a point where you're really helping people through, through uh, services that you'll be providing. So I, I really hope people who are listening here uh, will reach out to you or will find a way to, to really invite you because I think the 30, 40 minutes we have today is not enough or it doesn't reach everyone. It's only a selected people who listen to this podcast who know your story and not everyone else. So yeah, um, this this uh, brings us slowly to, to the end of um, the podcast. But before we end it off, um, we end off with uh, a round of uh, questions where I have 10 uh, qu uh, questions and you give me five uh, numbers and then I read the questions to you and you answer them as quick as possible. But before we go on, I want to reveal something that has been a secret that we kept quiet so far in the whole uh, podcast. Um, I already have your numbers because, uh, yeah, the previous day we tried to record this episode, had hectic um, uh, technical difficulties in a point that at the end of the recording when I was trying to press stop, I realized that there was no recording at all. So it was a hard one to record, but I'm so glad that we are able to capture your story the way we did oh yesterday and and if not better. And and therefore, uh, I already, like we've already went through some of these topics and I feel like right now we had time to re regather our thoughts from the previous day and really articulate them better. And I'm happy about that. So um, your numbers were one, three, five, seven, and 10. And the questions are, um yeah so um yes the first one is um yeah what title would you give this phase of your life if it was a chapter in your autobiography there's light at the end of the tunnel lovely that that is a recall a callback from what you've already said which which aligns with um with your motto in life and uh the next question is uh, question number three, it would be, um, yeah, also a very, very, it could be the same thing, where is, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote, and it aligns with what I've said before, um, 
you can go through situations, challenges, but just know what there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the, this positivity is why I do this show where I feel, I'm like, there's, there's people who've went through a lot of stuff, but the posi- positivity is way more than people who haven't had re- real struggles, mm-hmm. but just can't motivate themselves. So really appreciate that. And number five is, um, yeah, this one is the one where I asked, um, what uh, a book or books are you currently reading, YouTube channels that one's ca- uh, one can visit for motivation or a podcast that you, you're really uh, tuned into right now? To be quite honest, I'm not a book person. So I watch podcasts, especially McG. Um, McG is this person who went through, I think, challenges because he was like fired every week or every month. <laughs> But he took it upon himself to start a podcast. And like that situation of being fired didn't let him down or, 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 or he didn't feel pity for himself. He dusted, he dusted his shoes and like, and he went for, he went for what he thinks um, would bring him happiness. And yeah, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. But yeah. No, no, no. Um, as as one of the podcasts that I I, I follow and um and watch slash listen to, um, I've really admired his story and how, um, he used to be a um, a radio presenter, yeah. and a TV presenter, and really got fired because of certain controversies and and I mean it's the matter of uh, there's systems out there that that don't fit where you're like, this won't change even though. Um, I'm a different person who doesn't fit in it. So therefore he decided to take it upon himself, start a podcast, which is uh, their biggest podcast in South Africa and almost yeah. in Africa. Mm-hmm. So he is someone who, who, yes, he has his own faults, but at the end of the day, there's so much to learn from him that if the system mm-hmm. doesn't work, create your own at times. And, mm-hmm. and the fact mm-hmm. that he could have given up on life so many times ago and said, okay, maybe yeah. I, I, it's just not for me. So yeah, uh, moving Moving right along, question number seven is the next one. Um, oh yeah, this is an important one. It says, um, what uh, do you wish um, was taught as a subject at school instead of um, the current cu- curriculum? Uh, I wish, especially in like orientation, we were taught about depression. Like we were taught about stress, obviously, and, and other things. But I wish we were taught about mental illness, like depression. Because personally, I didn't know it depression until it 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 it, it knocked me. Now I'm, I'm I've been living with it for seven years now, and it hasn't be, it hasn't been a a a good journey. It's a roller coaster. So I feel like Eskoleni they should have taught us about the aspects of depression and how a person can deal with depression. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the subject that you just said now, life orientation, is a subject that we learn from, um, from like the fourth grade or so. It's it's basically life skills, so to say, and um, it 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 composes of too many elements that it ends up not being deep enough. So it it just introduces a topic on a very um, surface level, and you feel like they spoke about money, they spoke about peer pressure, they spoke about stress and depression, mm. but I never really understood how to deal with it they mentioned these mm. things that could happen in life and it could be better it is it is good that it's there but i feel like it also could be better i agree with you on that one and our very final question is question number 10 and um this one is 
Wait, how many have we went? We went to one, two, uh, one, three, mm. five, uh, seven, and um, this and and ten right now. So ten is oh yeah. Um, what would you consider your three most essential habits currently? Things that you do that keep you going and keep you uh, in line with your dreams. I praise and I worship day and night. Um. My, I'm, I'm sure probably my best mates are tired of me. I praise and worship. There's no other thing I'd rather do than praise and worship. Um, the second thing, I make sure that I'm in a call with my sister because she, she's my ride or die. Like She's mm-hmm. my best friend. Um, yeah, because she's, another, she's in another province, so we make sure we catch up. And yeah, um, the third one, uh, the third one. I watch soapies, man. I love soapies. I love soapies. I love reality shows. Yeah. Besides studying, I love reality shows. I love soapies. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, ah, this this is this has been such a um a good chat chat. I won't lie, this is the most nervous I've ever been in a while. I think last time I was this nervous recording a um a podcast was maybe the very first episode, but what made this one nervous is because we had to redo it, which I was like, can we still get the same feeling? Can we get through without mm-hmm. acting like we know? Like, I mean, some of the uh, answers also um, evolved and were more in-depth, which mean which meant it wasn't the very same thing as just what we did yesterday. So I'm glad that, first of all, you were keen to, to uh, pick up again and redo it today. And... Uh, this just goes to show what type of character you are and why your story needs to be heard. I'm, I'm really glad and appreciate that you made time to join uh, the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, I pray God blesses your hustle, blesses your heart. Um, you must do it to other people. Um, in our language, because I feel like Ngulungulu has, has, has blessed you with this platform whereby people can tell their stories. So take it as a blessing. May he light upon your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank a you. Big thank, thank you. And um, as uh, the last thing we do on the show, I would like you to uh, mention your social media handle so that people know where to find you. Okay. On Facebook, I'm Nwabi Samtambega. Um, on Twitter, I'm also Nwabi Samtambega. And on Instagram, I'm also Nwabi Samtambega. Very simple and easy. So, yeah, thank you very much and enjoy your day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, do share it with a friend. Please don't forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're streaming it on. I would very much appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps grow this show. And to interact with us on Instagram, we are at WeMoveXP or use the hashtag WeMoveXP. And lastly, for more info about myself and the podcast, visit www.dumelopiani.com. 